You're listening to the No Gray Areas podcast with Patrick McCullough. Our guest today is Bill Bush, founder and lead pastor of Rock Point Church. Bill explains how trust is a critical element to any healthy team or individual. Let's jump in. So Bill Bush, welcome to No Gray Areas. Thanks so much for taking the time. What was funny is you walked in today and it's like we called each other. We have the same exact uh, black jean jacket on. Most are listening, not watching, but uh, it's, we're like a couple of junior high girls that called yeah. each other last night. What are you wearing? It's probably the age thing. It's, yeah. This is old man cool, yeah, I guess. This is old man cool. <laughs> we'll go with old man cool. I like that. I like that. Well, today we're going to talk about leadership and trust, and we'll get into that in a moment. But first, I want to get a little bit, bit of background. So just this last weekend, uh, you celebrated 20 years, right, as the founding pastor, lead pastor of Rock Point Church. Yep. I was five years old when we started the yeah. church. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, the cool thing is 15 years ago when I first moved to Phoenix, you were one of the first people I met, one of the first pastors that I met. So we were working with anti-human trafficking. I read an article in the paper how your church was involved. We met at a restaurant. Um, we, you guys started working with that. We met a few times. I started preaching at your church a little yeah. bit. Now this is our home church as a family, and I and have to watch you every you had, week preach. You had no hair on the chin. Exactly. But you had hair and on hair the top on the head. of the head. Yeah, yourself. yeah, yeah. Most people that knew me back then wouldn't recognize me now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, congratulations on that. 20 years. Thank you. And you went from meeting in a living room with a handful of people, right? Yeah. And then a Bible study at a clubhouse. Yeah. And then meeting at a school. Yeah. And then finally getting the, the land and the facility where actually we're sitting right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, the amazing thing about that is you, you, so when you're meeting in this school, right, you buy this land, this was out in the middle of nowhere, right? Oh you yeah. Like there 50, was, was it 50 acres you guys got? No, 30. Well, we got 10 up front. Then we did another buyback oh. from the guy that owned it. We got him to be the bank for us because nobody would loan us enough yeah. money. Yeah. So we got, we got 10 for free actually from a whole, <laughs> that's, that's whole a nother backstory. But then we, 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 Financers. So we got about 37 acres, okay, 36 37. and a half. And so see, I was using pasture numbers. Yeah, back there, yeah. Rounded yeah. up to like, 50. Rounded up to 300 <laughs> acres, but <laughs> no. Exactly. But yeah, there was nothing out here. Matter of fact, this piece of land, it's it's weird. We did aerial shots, found it all the way back. Our exec pastor, he, he found aerial shots that they took for farming, like way back into like his, you know, the Wright brothers were basically flying over this <laughs> thing. And uh, you could see there was farms all around. There was ranches yeah, all around. Yeah. But this piece of land is as far back as you can find. Had nothing ever on it. No one ever just lived been here. Empty. No, one, it, it was empty. It was People all, thought you were a little crazy back then, yeah. right? Like you guys are just a little church meeting in a school, and you're buying 37 acres. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, we, we, we got the first acres, and we thought we should build a building. And all I've known is in the history of uh, all the people who have gone before me and mentored me, and I watched it, if, hey, if you trust God and he's doing something, no one ever said, you know what? We got too much land. Yeah. So we have more it's parking true. than we know what to do with. We, yeah, we, we yeah. don't know what to do with it. So it's yeah. like we had an opportunity to get it while it was cheap. And I go, that's the one thing that's not going down, the price of the yeah. land. Yeah. And so uh, we basically did three major campaigns. Our first three were all about just getting more dirt, which was that's talk about leadership poll. That's like, yeah. how, how do you get people to say, I'm going to sacrifice yeah. and all we're going to have is a little bit more dirt. Yeah. No building. And by the way, go drive out there and see it. It's in the middle of nowhere, yeah. too. And, and, at and that wonder time. why are, yeah, why are we doing time. this? Yeah. Now, like for listeners that don't know where this is located, it's exploding in growth around here. You have a, a big high school right across the street that you guys have a great relationship with, do stuff with the kids. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. It's an amazing God story how God worked all this out. So yeah. anyway, congratulations. Yeah. So you went from meeting in a living room. 20 years later, you're having a big celebration. Uh, you 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 got into this building about a year well right after covid started it was perfect yeah. timing for yeah. you guys <laughs> yeah 
we finished the building and then we couldn't meet in it for a few months. Yeah, yeah. So you had your grand opening ready to yeah. celebrate and COVID hits and then you have an empty brand new building for months. But yet you had your new house payment. Yeah. But you couldn't move into your new house. Yeah. But you still had to pay for it. Yeah. Perfect was, scenario. Yeah, it was, Perfect scenario. It was, it was fun times. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. <laughs> so if we back up, you're from California originally. Well, no, I'm originally from here. Oh, you are? You are. That's yeah. right. That's right. I, I grew up that. out yeah. here in South Scottsdale, and then I, uh, I went to California for college. It married was college. A, married yeah. a California girl. Stayed out there until... 20 years ago when we moved back to start yeah, the church. Yeah, so baseball, you went to college, played baseball, yep. right? And you played baseball and then had some injuries. Yep. Uh, you're a pretty good baseball player. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I had well good moment. enough to play in college. Yeah, I had my moments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then you're you're working as a youth pastor, right, in California? Yeah, started out in youth ministry. Yeah, and then you felt God calling you to come plant a church out here, and so that's where yeah. the story goes. So let's get into the really what we're focusing yeah. on today is leadership and trust. So. Yeah. Recently, or I say recently, a couple of years ago, we're both 50s now in our 50s. Yeah. So when you say recently, that can be anywhere within a decade, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but recently, I think it was just a couple of years ago, you guys did a study as a church, as a staff team, correct? Yeah. Okay, and that was with a national organization. Yep. So explain that a little bit. It was, uh, it's called Best Christian Workplaces, and they, they actually consult. They'll survey your, your whole team anonymously, and they look at different factors that really it's about are you a good place to work for? It's really evaluating what kind of culture do you have? Yeah. Do you have a culture that people feel free to do their job and, and work well? And, and, and we thought we had a pretty good culture. We'd worked hard. And so we, we brought them in and let them do the survey. And uh, turned out we, we got basically the, for a first time organization, they, 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 shocked, they were shocked. They called us up and they wanted to interview us because we kind of got the highest score they'd ever seen. Wow. That's um, really cool. And yeah, because yeah, yeah. probably because we immediately fired everybody that we thought would be a problem before we took the <laughs> survey. So, you know, we said, yeah. no, no, that's not yeah. what happened. But uh, so they, they wanted to interview us. And and what was interesting was the the, the president, the person that kind of we had a Zoom call with them to, to interview. They're like, the only weird thing is you had one of your senior level staff not take the survey. And I was like, oh, that was me. And like, wait, why didn't you do it? I just. I wanted to see what everyone else said. I didn't, I know what I would say. I didn't want to skew it. She's like, in the history of us doing this, the senior pastor, the lead pastor has never not taken yeah. the survey. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe that's they part of the They usually go down and check yeah. the 10 yeah. out of 10 box. Yeah. 10 maybe 10 that's 10 part of the reason why we got such a high score. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I was, yeah. So they were, they were kind of just bewildered by us. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about that is I, I know about that test. I know a lot yeah. of organizations that have taken that test. And most of the time, they're surprised the other direction is the senior leadership team or the lead team is thinking, we have a pretty good culture. I mean, we can fix some things. And they get the results back and they're like, ooh, actually uh, our staff is saying we don't have yeah. as good a culture as we thought we did. Yeah. Yours actually went the other direction, which is interesting. So let me just pause here really quick before we get into that yeah. leadership and trust and just say before, there's some listeners that maybe are reaching to, to turn this off and going, well, I'm not a leader, so this podcast doesn't mm. affect, affect me or, or connect with me. Yeah. What would you say to them? I would say that I think every human being at some level is a leader. Yeah. Yep. You're either a leader in your home. You got somebody you work with. You got family members. You, 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 you're, mm -hmm. And then ultimately, leadership is self-leadership too. So a lot of so principles important. that you yeah. learn in leadership, you should at least apply to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, to lead yourself. Like, can, can you, like you said, leadership and trust. Can I trust myself? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and you, and, and 
someone knows that about themselves. They may not share that with anybody else, yep. but they know if they keep lying to themselves. They know if they're exaggerating stories. They know if they're so the leadership and trust just for self leadership is very important. Right. Well, also, I think there's leaders out there that don't know they're a leader because they have the wrong idea. Uh huh. And so they just like some of the listeners might think, well, I'm not a leader. But after we talk about it, maybe you are mm. and maybe you should step up and, and embrace mm-hmm. your leadership a little bit more mm-hmm. because you just think it's all about title or position. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and leadership isn't about title or yeah. position. Yeah. You can get a title and not be a good leader. Yep. We've all and, seen and, that. Yeah. yeah. And you can yeah. be a great leader with no title. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And we've both witnessed people that didn't think they were a leader and and. Other people saw it in, and, and then they rose to that occasion and just did things that they didn't. And every time they're on a team, every time they're in a room, if you understand what leadership really is, mm-hmm. they actually, you watch them, you're like, they led yeah. in that moment. Yeah. yeah. They wouldn't know they were leading yeah. that. They just yeah. did. Yeah. And that's kind of what I we do as an organization. We we don't necessarily create leaders. Yeah. You, you spot them. <laughs> I used to say, you spot them, you sprout them, and you spread them. Okay, say that again. You spot, sprout, and spread leaders. Spot. So you spot them, you plant this, you help grow them, you water yeah, them. We don't yeah. create them, but we, 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 we provide the environment that allows them to grow. Mm-hmm. And then you get more of them. Yeah. You send them out yeah. and, and create, a, a hopefully, a bumper crop of, of, of leadership. Yep. yep. That right there, we could just, that's almost a mic drop moment. <laughs> yeah. We could almost just end this podcast right there, except we have to define a little bit what trust and yeah, leadership exactly. is. Yeah, exactly. Well, let me, let me back up again then and say, well, why, why is trust and leadership so important? So I'm thinking, and you probably thought about this book, Patrick Lencioni wrote a book, yeah. The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Mm-hmm. The, the bottom of that pyramid that he does is trust. And he's saying, if you don't have that, everything falls apart. But, but add to that, why, why is trust so important for leadership? Well, I, I love how Lencioni puts it, right? It's like, if you don't get this, nothing else matters. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you have all the looks of a leader, if you have all of the abilities of the leader, if you if you you can say leadership things, if 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 like look at Saul and they'll say like he he yeah. from the surface they picked him to be a king because he looked like yep. a king. Yep. And he and he fought. He was actually a good warrior and 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 he looked great, but as time went on, character and some other things prevailed. It's like you couldn't really trust him. Yeah. And when trust isn't there, it doesn't matter about any of the other skills. You could have the greatest idea in the world, but like, you know, you, you, you always know that. You have that friend that always could talk a good game. Like, they're like, we're going to do this just to be great. Yeah. And you get excited. And then every time they have a plan, it never works out the way <laughs> yes. they said. Yeah, yeah. After a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's just noise in it's, the background. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. like background noise. You're yeah. like, you know what? That's just Bobby. Yeah. You know what it is? Like, that's just, you know. So true. They're always yeah. that way. And, yeah. and, and, and so, and that, that kind of leader, you know what they we do? We both have a friend in mind right now. Yeah, we? we do. <laughs> yes. and, 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 and if you don't have a friend in mind, yeah. that makes you the friend. <laughs> You're the one. I hope I had a friend in mind. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then that type of leader, you know what they do? They are always having turnover in their followers and, and, and who they're, they don't it's really develop other door. leaders. They just, so people get excited for a while. Yeah. And then they all fall away. Then they get a whole new group of excited for a while. And that's where they get stuck. They, they hit this lid. And, yeah. and it's yeah. all about trust. Why do, you, why do you think that trust is, is often not there? Like this organization that came in and did this study. I guarantee you if they were a part of this conversation right now, they would tell us, man, most organizations we go in and do the study with, the, the lead team finds out there's less trust than they thought. Yeah. Why do you think it's often not there? Well, because I think... Two things that really are important for trust is is communication. And as an organization gets larger, that gets more difficult. Mm. So one of the things I think why we did well is because we actually did want to 
evaluate ourselves because we had a couple of years before realized as we grew rapidly and added a bunch of staff, um, we figured out ourselves that we thought we had a really good culture, but we realized, and we did, but the communication wasn't working right. Mm. And so it kind of felt like the lead team was this, this, you know, the, the, this private group, like, you know, like we get together with our hoods on and, and do our secret ceremonies and everybody else and, is wondering and, yeah, what's happening. And we thought we were coming and then, and then really that wasn't, and it wasn't even just the top down and, and bottom up communication it was a real problem. We discovered in that middle of that, what really was the issue was the, was the, the, the lateral communications mm. and and like did we have the systems where okay we know that when we want to say is we can get to our people but you get larger you got to start sharing resource sharing territory and so people that we they had not we hadn't developed the ability to make that smooth and you know what and that's a constant problem it still yeah. is i mean yeah. we can go back and take this test now it's like we we that's the other thing is is people think it's it's a static thing oh we have trust we're done yeah trust is like roller skating uphill you're never sitting still. Yeah. You're either you moving forward working. or you're moving backwards. <laughs> that's so, good. That's a great analogy. So, yeah. So I think that's the mistake. And, 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 you and, know, and, with these good analogies, you should become a preacher. <laughs> like you're, yeah. I, I've tried it once or twice. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so, so, so you get that. I think that's why it's so critical. And then I think the other thing is once you've established and, and you don't do that, I think a lot of leaders don't understand, like one of the, the talks I try to talk to, to young leaders and church planters is, especially as you get larger, I think people underestimate what I consider one of the greatest tools for a leader to do when you're trying to move someone. And that's a simple question. I think it's the greatest question you can ask somebody if you're in that tight spot. What's you, the question? Do you trust me? Mm. People try to dance around this idea of getting people to try. You're in meetings, and, and I've seen a lot. Of, I used to be this way. I'd get fighty, and you know I might have won the argument. But when you're in a leadership team and, and you're just trying to get vision cast and you're trying to get them to go with you, there was lots of times I knew more information. I had a bold, I can speak, you know, I could, mm -hmm. I could land mm -hmm. all the, mm -hmm. the things. You can sell and, something. And, and yep, I could yep. win. And, 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 a, and, a, and a friend of mine, he's on our staff, leader, but he poured into me, you know, leading up way back when we first met. And he, he looked at me once after one of these meetings when I was a younger leader. And I like, I dominant, I completely won that room. Hmm. I know I won the argument. But I didn't win the room. Been and he looked at sir. me and he says, you know what? I've been watching you. You have all the right answers. You're a strong arguer. And you basically won that battle, but you're not winning this war. Because mm. you didn't turn anyone. Yeah. And I learned as I started to lead more, one of the ways you can help turn a room is instead of just giving them more information and more arguments and more, this is why we should do this. When you feel that resistance, even though you did give all the great stuff. Yeah. You have to realize it's a matter of trust. Yeah. And sometimes all you have to do is stop, look someone in the eye. Yeah. And say, Do you trust me? You know, and there's do another trust me. There's another layer there, isn't there? Because um I've heard this somewhere and I've seen it to be true. The higher you go in leadership, the less you hear, right? Yep. So when you ask that question, you as a leader then have to go out of your way to try to create an environment where they feel safe enough to answer that, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think there's a lot of leaders that maybe are going to listen to this and they're going to go back and ask their team now, do you trust me? And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But they're saying yes because it's actually not a safe place to say no. So there's there's a that's mm. where you're talking about yep. sk skating uphill, where you're yep. always working to create an environment and, where and, if someone for some reason doesn't oh, feel yeah. sa safe or doesn't feel that they can trust you right now, that they could say that. Yes. Right? And that's, you have to build that. 
that's the part that takes the work. And yeah. and and what I've learned and in, humility in doing that, and you and your part. Well, and I right. think a lot of guys don't want to ask it because one, you're afraid of the answer <laughs> if they yeah. are honest. Yeah. Or two, you've developed an environment where they're going to say yes because if the virus fears, so you have to unpackage that. Yeah. You have to say no, really. What is it? Because if the, if they give you that blanket answer, you you got to learn that nuance of saying, yeah. seriously, come on, I just I need to know. Yeah. And if you don't trust me, you can ask why. And and the way I built it for me personally is is over time in critical moments when I could tell there's a sense of pushback, I go, guys, do you trust me? Yes. All right. I'm not saying that the thing that you're giving pushback is stupid. These are definite risks. These are definite issues. These are things we're going to have to deal with. And this might happen. I know that might happen too. I'm just asking, if you trust me, will you go with me? And we'll go down this road. And then what you do is how you continue to build that trust is when they do it. Even if they, even if someone said, yeah, I trust you when they really didn't, if they turn out to be right, you have to, the next time you're talking, you have to own that. You have to look at the room and say, listen, I asked you guys to trust me and, you know, Fred, you were right. Yeah. Yeah. You were right. And, and you know what? So next time we go in this, we got to factor that a little bit more. I, I, I'm, you know what? And how do we handle this? And even when you have to handle the problem, instead of ignoring it, say, Fred, how do you think we should? Cause you're the one that brought up this concern and, and, and it happened. And, you know, and then when you do that, even if it goes wrong, cause a lot of people think the only way you build trust is follow me. And as long as we and everything's victory, working out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 They think the only way to win people over is to win. Yeah. But sometimes you can win people over when you lose. Wow. And, yeah. and, um, well, yeah. Like, but in losing, that's that humility then to, it's almost like I'm doing a plug for Patrick Lencioni here. I'm not, but yeah. there's another book where he wrote, where he talks about a, an employer, a staff person that you want, a great leader is always going to be humble, hungry, and smart, yep. right? We so use that. that humble we, part. Yep. You got to have the humility. And then I like even an older leader, go back, date ourselves, yeah. John Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote a book called Failing Forward. Yeah. He goes, everyone falls down, yep. but someone who's smart will pick something up off the ground while you're down there. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where, if you can own that, you, yeah. you, you can, I, I had years ago, there was one time back years ago where, where we were moving forward, moving forward. And all of a sudden there was, you know, the 2008, 2009, the market, everything crashed. It's the only time our church went backwards. You know, people were leaving this area mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, we actually had to reduce our budget a bit. And yeah. the only way we could back then was we, we had to like, drop a few staff people. The problem is we were a size of church that we only had a couple people that had a legitimate salary and then a lot of people that were part-time or barely. And so it was either we got to let like four people go or one person that yeah. actually gets paid more that that's not. And we had an area where, and I had a husband and wife and, and, and they were both working for us. And, and I basically said, Hey, I'm going to have to lay you off for a while. Yeah. I would love to bring you back. And, 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 and because what his job, it wasn't as necessary, but his wife came to me and said, Hey, I get it. But here's the mistake you're making. My husband may not, his job description may be the one we can live without, but he is the most pastoral hmm. of all of you pastors that you have. Hmm. He is the heart of the pastor's heart, that shepherd. And, yeah. and, and you kind of need him around. And, but you know, she looked at me, she goes, but you know what? I, I, I go, well, do you trust me? Because yes, I trust you. And that's why I'm telling you this. I think you're going to realize you made a mistake. Hmm. Well, we laid him off. Within two months, we came back to the drawing board. And says we have got to find the money to bring him back on staff. And in front of the whole staff, I commented on how yeah. the wife told me, and she goes, and she was right. 
Well, you, you beat me to my question. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, well, give me an example of a time where you did fail and you earned trust in how you reacted to that. So that's what you're saying. Yeah, I did. I, I, and I owned it in front of the whole room. Yeah. We brought them back. Everyone, you know, celebrated. Yeah. And, and it was like we found the money somewhere else. Yeah. And we, we learned. And, yeah. and you know what? That made them both trust me even more. Well, trust is one of those things. It's a, it's a hard thing to get and an easy thing to lose, right? Like how do, yeah. how do leaders lose trust? We were talking about how will you yeah. get it, but how do you lose trust? Well, I think when you don't follow through, uh, I think um, it's been interesting with, you know, Tom Brady, is he retiring? Is he not? They kind of announced now he's saying, hey, I didn't say, I don't know what's going on, but he's obviously like the GOAT of all time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in the quarterback position, what's made him great is he's not only won a lot, he's been known to elevate everyone around him. Mm -hmm. And in one of his interviews a while back, I remember it was one of the interviews and he, he just did it as a throwaway, kind of like a throwaway. And as everyone stopped and said, that's, he says, you know, I might not be, who knows if I'm better than everyone else, basically is what he's saying. He said, but, but I know this, I will outwork everyone else. Mm. No one is going to, on my team, is going to outwork. And me. he's still known for that, isn't he? Like 22 years. And, year and I think that's what part of what draws people to say, hey, yeah. even if he, and you know what? And then when he does not have a good game, it doesn't matter. Everybody knows that guy worked harder yeah. than all of us. He yeah. didn't just get to the top. And I think that's the thing that, that I still fight with. You know, 20 years in, you got, you know, big organizations. Yeah. It's, it's, I still got to wake up in the morning. He's like, listen. Yeah. I can't let, you know, my team outwork me. I gotta, I gotta, you gotta lead from the front, yep, yep. you know, not, not too far in the front. You know, they say you get in front, you're a leader too far. You're now a target because now you look like you're the enemy. You're so far away. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's another yeah. way. Don't yeah. get so far out there that you're not communicating. Yeah. And, and then, and I think the other way you lose trust that one of the things that we did get in the survey that we, we thought, wow, this is really cool to find out where people gave feedback was we said, this is one of our, um, our values. And it's proven out, but it's still, you got to fight it all the time. It, it can, it's, I've sensed it. I feel like I'm always going to our higher level leadership and go, guys, are you still doing this? And that is, you got to let leaders lead. It, it, it's interesting when, when an organization, a leader goes, I want leaders. But what they're really saying is, I want really loyal followers. That is so true. Because if so you are going to lead leader, my dad taught me that. He was military yeah. leader. Yeah. And, and yeah. he said, listen. If you want to lead a leader, you got to learn how to live with a leader. Yeah, yeah. And leaders are going to push Wait, the envelope. Let me pause here. <laughs> Say that again. That was a good line. If you want to lead leaders, you got to learn how to live with leaders. Mm. And leaders are always going to push the envelope. Like if, if, if you have really good leaders, they're going to want to run up there with you. And sometimes a young leader is going to want to sprint ahead of you. Yeah. And you got to know how to do that. If you're just frustrated with them all the time and you're just you're creating policy to slow them down mm -hmm. it, it's mm -hmm. like what are you really looking for mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so what we try to live by is let leaders lead and that's you know and a, one a part of that principle is is um it's been thrown around. i don't even remember who originally said this but it's been around forever is is the idea that don't celebrate don't separate um responsibility from authority and that's what a lot of organizations do and that creates distrust separating responsibility from, from authority. authority so, so i give you a responsibility yeah this is your area of ministry but yet a lot of the authority to make decisions on what you're going to do and how you're going to do you. it don't come back to you. Yeah. First of all, that's going to frustrate an actual leader. Yes, it an will. An actual leader, if you're not a leader, you're just a manager that likes the job. Yeah. Hey, I'll do what you tell me to do and yeah. fine. But, yeah. but then they don't get it done. And then the other thing it hurts is, is in the end that breeds distrust is how do you evaluate that leaders? If you've never let them do what they said they wanted to do. Yeah. And now they're not they're failing, 
How do you hold them accountable mm-hmm. when they didn't get to do what they want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it breeds distrust, but it also, on the other hand, being the higher level leader as you lead other leaders, it gives you a way better trustworthy moment to sit and evaluate. Say, listen, yeah, this isn't working. Yeah, and we've given you the resource. You've been able to. No one stopped you. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to grow them because they're not going to argue with you. They're going to trust you because they're going to say, we have trusted you. Mm-hmm. So now you should probably trust us that look what's happening. Yeah. And, and, and so I think that's part of the thing that breeds distrust. Is, and and, and as, as our organization got harder, as we hit like 100 staff people, it, it gets harder. Yeah. Because I can't control it. When we're smaller, I can almost see. Like you, you said, I, I see yep, who's not yep, doing yep. that. And I go, hey, listen, I know yep. that you're... Now it's just if I hear you there and I'm, I'm pouring in the lead team, I'm like, guys, we got to watch out for this. Yep. And then as you get larger, you know, we say you try to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. But, you know, a simple structure for a large church is way more complicated than a simple structure for it's not a one size fits all and yes. it gets and and so what happens is, is you build a team i think what helps breed this distrust is you have you know you take it of like well one way i i made a mistake in breeding distrust is because you have two types of people that that are kind of leading in a church you have people that go out and make things happen mm-hmm. and then you got the people that need to come alongside them. I mean, you got the you got the marines that take the beaches of normandy yeah, yeah. but then you have the corps of engineers that has to come build the build structures the and, the and the roads and and, yep. and 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 and, yep. and the and the and the, the the dock system so you can keep the supplies mm-hmm. flowing and, and and those are usually totally different personalities they're different right? personalities and you need both yes and the problem is early on i knew that they fight because what happens is you want to be efficiently effective. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people that are more about, they can reverse that, especially your more organized people. They sometimes want to be effectively efficient. So mm-hmm. the, which one is the goal? Whichever you say second. So is the goal efficiency? Mm-hmm. The goal is always effectiveness. Yes. But the other side, they don't even think about efficiency. They're more like, I just want to be effective. It's like, no, 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 you need to, but you got to keep in the right order. And I made a mistake early on when I was trying to battle that as we grew, trying to go, how do these people work together? Because the one side wants to policy everything, organize it. And you do, you do need plans. But you, we say around here, you plan so you can pivot. Hmm. And then some people, all they do is pivot. But if you get a basketball passed to you and you're pivoting and yeah. you just pivot, pivot, all you're doing is going in circles. Yeah. <laughs> so, not... so, so you got to have a plan. Mm-hmm. You can then pivot. But then other people say there's no pivoting. There's just a plan. And I made the, this is the mistake I made that, that bred distrust from my, my more administrative minded team members. I called it chaos creators and chaos organizers, which the people that run out and create, they love that term. Yeah, I just go, I just storm the beaches. It's a chaos. It's a mess. But you know what? That's what I do. That's We go take the territory. We go take land. Well, I learned that people that like to organize things have a great revulsion to the word chaos. They don't even want chaos organizers. Chaos did is not, always wrong. Yes. Always wrong. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. By I used a bad word. Yeah. And, and you know what? I built, they didn't trust me anymore. They thought I was the enemy. Now yeah. it's like, he doesn't get it. Yeah. He doesn't get it. We're trying to solve the problem with chaos. And, you and have, instead of making them heroes yeah. and showing how they can be heroic, yeah. I discouraged them and made them seem like problem causers. Hmm. Hmm. Like we're coming yeah. in and ruining all the fun. You know, you know, even with that story, though, it goes back to what you said earlier, where it's like trust and leadership. It's like roller skating uphill. You can't ever stop. You're always learning, right? There's a there's another bump in it or there's a crack in the sidewalk. Either you're going uphill or there's a little rock. You, there's another thing that you have to overcome. Like you can't ever stop. Right. Yeah. But but 
why I love that is that goes back to self-leadership too, right? Yeah. It's the same thing with that. If, if someone's listening and they're going, well, I'm not really leading an organization or a team or anything, but you're leading yourself, it's the same thing. What worked for you five years ago may not work anymore because you're in a different setting, you're in a different place in life, right? Yep. Yeah. And you also could turn this around and lead up with it. Yeah. Like if, if you're in a position like some of the stuff I said resonates you not as the leader, resonates with you not as a leader, but as a, as a, as a like you're not the top dog yep, in yep, where you're at yep. and you feel like they don't let me lead. They don't let me do this. You know what? What if you, you can lead up? But what if you met with your manager, your director yeah, and said, hey, do you trust me? Because I think I can help you. So that's a question, not I just think, from a leader. Yes, down, I think you can. I go, up. I think I can help you because I think you spend so much time. Yeah trying to control everything I'm doing, that's probably, you could do better things with your time. Here's what I want to do. Yeah. Can you give me the room? Yeah. Trust me and let me go for it. Yeah. Like sometimes they don't even realize it. Sometimes you get leaders and managers that they don't even know. They think their job management is more like, I just move chess pieces. Yeah. Instead of, you know, and then you know what they end up being? Another phrase we learned is, 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 is what a leader needs to be if you're going to lead a team is you need to be the bulldozer, not the barrier. And so that happens a lot in, 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 in management, especially middle management. Yep. They feel yep. like they're the, the barrier. They're, yep. they're, they're the ones yep. I got to stop. And I go, but you know what? Leaders are supposed to break out. We're supposed to go take care. It's like, so if you become the gatekeeper, like I'm the gatekeeper of letting you go, it's like, no, 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 no. You need to be the one that helps knock gates down. You need to win the, what do you need? You need to be the the bulldozer, but a lot of people, like if you're out there listening, you're not a leader, you go, yeah, that's exactly the problem with my leader. Well, then you know what? Try building trust the uh, in, in reverse order. Yeah. Instead yeah. of, if you trust me, follow me. Yeah. Say, if you trust that I know what you want. Let me do this. Let, let me, me do this. this. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, that is so good. So, so let, let me just practically speaking, let's say yeah. someone's listening and they're working in a situation where they feel like they're working more with a gatekeeper, Yeah. right? So they're going to try to go ask that question and say, okay, um, do you trust me? Uh, let me try this. And hopefully they have a situation where the person does, they're a good manager, yeah. leader, they see, and they, so they start building trust. What, would you, what advice would you give to someone though that tries that a couple of times and it goes nowhere? Send your resume to Rock Point Church and we'll talk. <laughs> yes. I, mean, I thought I, you would say something like that. It's like at that point, if you, if you, you know, well, you got two, there's actually yeah. two ways. First, are you humble enough that why did they say they don't want to trust you at all? Okay. Cause it could be. Cause you. what if they're not trying to be a gatekeeper? What if they're literally seeing some stuff in you that's holding you back okay. and they yeah. literally, yeah. if they have an answer, yeah. maybe humble yourself and say, are they right? Mm-hmm. Or am I willing to listen to them? Mm-hmm. Like they go, I would, but you know what? Here's the things I'm concerned with. Yeah. Well, take it yeah. and yeah. see if you can apply it. So the first and thing is just to be humble enough to listen to, to go. The, maybe there's a reason the feedback why. they're giving. Yeah. But if they just don't get it yeah. and you try a few times and they just won't, they're like, that's just not how we roll around here. Yeah. Then I think you're going to have to decide, well, how important is for you? Like if you're happy, like, you know what? I tried, but you know what? I guess you know, I don't hate the job doing it this way. Well then, you know, enjoy it, do it. But if it's bothering you, then you're probably going to have to, you know, start looking around and see what's going on. I I, I don't think, I don't think the best thing to do is to, is to be a disloyal um, sower of rebellion within your organization. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. which is what often happens yeah, in those situations. Yeah, right? a lot of people, you sit on the yeah. back of the bus yelling about the bus driver all yeah. the time. And, and it's like, you're better off just, hey, can you drop me yeah. off at this yep. bus stop? I, get off the bus. I'm going to find a bus, bus going a different direction, yep. you know? And because all that's going to do is stress you out. And also, all it's going to do is if you left the organization, wouldn't you rather leave with them saying, hey, we believe in them. They were great. They, 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 they left. They ended well. Yes. Yes. And, and that'll set you up yep. better for, yep. for the future. But yeah, I think you can, you can try to lead up. You can listen yeah. and be humble yeah. yourself. And then if, if that doesn't work, you, you know what you got to do. Yeah. You got to start looking around, you know, and if, if you know, the, if you, especially, you know, if you're, if you're like me and you and know the Lord and trust the Lord, you start praying about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love your answer because again, using the analogy of the bus, if you sit in the back of the bus, be humble enough to, to, to recognize, you know what, maybe that bus driver does know more than me and can give me some insight into me. But if you stay in the back of the bus and you're you're humble and you thought through it and it's just they're going to be a gatekeeper, nothing's yeah. going to change, you're just going to get bitter yeah. and anger, angry and cause all kind of discord on the bus, just get off the bus and go, go. yeah, that's And that's ultimately, great sometimes it's weird. It's like, I know you're moving on, but you you believed in this organization, especially if it's a church. Yeah. And, and sometimes when you leave a church, you're like, I have to, you know, blow this place up but no you don't because you're like well they're never gonna learn i go think about it if you have a manager that and you move on and that keeps happening they don't learn well then that either the organization the next higher up will learn because the way they're gonna learn is like why does this person keep like going through Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know decent staff yeah they'll either take notice or even beyond them the whole organization from top down is led that way yeah well, then, you know what? Sometimes the only way they're going to find out is when they just, yeah. that's the way they're going to be. They're going to just yeah. crum- never really get anywhere. And they start sliding backwards on their roller skates down the hill. Bingo. But that may take a while. And it may there. take yeah. a long time. Yeah. It depends on how big yeah. the hill is. You yeah. know, They might not know it. And, and so if you just leave and blow it up, guess what? You gave them a reason to blame that, you know what, you're just, mm-hmm. you're just nasty. Mm-hmm. You're just not, ple- you just don't know what you're doing. You're just angry. You're bitter. You know, they're, 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 they're not. So if you even really want your parting thing to help them, if they're not going to go, is to go well. Wow. That's such great advice because I guarantee you there's some listeners that are in those kind of situations. And if they take this advice and will maybe uh, humble themselves to really evaluate, is my manager or boss, uh, are they speaking some things that are truth? And I need to take that mm-hmm. advice. If they're not, to end well. Yeah. finish well yeah, with finish whatever well. they're doing. That's such great advice. So, so let's, before I ask you the two truths in the life, yeah. let's just wrap up with this. What yeah. practical advice would you give to, to me, all of our listeners about how to lead well with trust as, as a parting way to just say, Hey, maybe start doing these things right now in your life. Like one of them you said earlier was ask people, do you trust yeah. me? But what are some other things? I, I think, well, there's the obvious things. Like if you say you're going to do something, do it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be consistent. Um, but I think in a more like, well, but let me just yeah, jump in yeah. really quick. We say that's obvious, but I think when we talk about self trust, that's yeah. one of the biggest things that we right. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna start eating healthy, and it's always <laughs> tomorrow. I mean, yeah. I know I'm talking to myself right now, yeah. but uh, you know, you're gonna lose trust pretty soon, where you even know internally. I say I'm gonna start eating healthy, but I'm not really not. And so it, that's that's part exactly. of it right away. Yeah, and I think that's where as a leader, you need some community. You want community within the organization, but if you're like me, if you're you're the the top leader, you don't ever stop. Like you know, I, I think that model of Paul's and Timothy, yeah. and then you know, Paul actually yeah. had 
truth had, tellers had, in yeah, your life, he right? Had, he had Barnabas and people in his yeah. life. But then, so he started off like a Timothy, then he became Paul, but he continues to have yeah, and, and, and right. Timothy. And yeah. I think you should always have a Timothy and a Paul in your life. If you're a yeah. leader, you have Timothys. You're, so you explain have, what that means to someone. Well, who's Paul was, you know, know he Bible. became a believer yeah. and, and rose up and was a great leader. And he basically wrote two thirds of the New Testament, yeah. planted, yeah. you know, a ton of churches. Talk about leading and, an and he organization. Raised up and he would go start a church, raise up leaders, and leave. Yeah. And Timothy was a guy he wrote a couple letters to. He became kind of like a son to him. He actually called him yeah. like a son. Yeah. And he he wrote to him all the time. And um, the last letter he wrote was to Timothy, encouraging him in his leadership. And he always encouraged him to build up other leaders. And and so you have this Paul Timothy thing. And I and I think everyone, you start off as a Timothy with a Paul in your life. Mm. But then when you become the Paul, sometimes you forget you're also still a Timothy. There's someone out there that you gotta have some truth tellers in your life that if you're gonna stay consistent, you need people that don't, you know. That that will like like not just buy into the the, the image that, that everyone has of you. That won't just because sometimes you start believing your own press press clippings, yeah, you know, kind yeah. of a deal. And you need people that that that'll do that. And I have several mentors in my life that I'll still hey, here's my issue, and yeah. and and they're honest enough to go, well, you know why you did that? I'm like, ah, I go, you know why? You, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and my wife is really good at it too, yeah, man. Yeah. She's she's she'll just look at me and be like, okay, well, you, you think why? So you need that. Yep. Um, so you need to find people that are that are willing to to know that know you, mm-hmm. and are willing to be honest with mm-hmm. you, and even if you argue with them, you're willing to go think about it. Yeah. And uh, you know you have that. Be consistent with that, and 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 stay true to that. But I also think it's it's just like every day go. What am I called to do? Mm. Like you know you you have the issues. You're like, why do I not do this? How do I struggle with this? And you, you got to keep the main thing the main thing. Don't can't get do everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, but, that's but one of the. What things. do you call to do? And what that's you, one of the things your... to, to keep trust. One of the things that someone else, this great team, man. It was, it was, it was actually one of my chaos organizers, mm-hmm. who was a high level leader that I frustrated to no end, because using the word chaos. But she really helped our operation stuff. And we used to ask, like, if we we had an idea, like, can we do this? And she coined this term that I've used so many times. Was was, we can do anything. But we just can't do everything. That's so good. And and, and we can and I, do anything. anything. We, we can't just, do everything. We just can't do everything. And that's true of us as an individual or an organization, and, right? And, yeah. and I think that's where you lose trust is when you start getting excited about everything and try to do everything. Guess mm-hmm. what? You start dropping balls. Mm-hmm. Things aren't as good. Mm-hmm. People start to doubt. And mm-hmm. and and it's like okay, but when you focus and we mm-hmm. go, okay, well, if we really think this is the most important thing to do. A lot of times you're already at full tilt. So a lot of times when we add something new, we're like, okay, what are we going to back off on? Yeah, yeah. What are we going to stop? And and I think how that helps build trust in a practical way, especially if you have a team is, a lot of times the team feels like, do you know what's really going on here? Because you came in with this new direction, you added it, but we still have all this stuff. You can't just add stuff that's not sustainable. Yeah, and that's a lot of us. We feel like as leaders, hey, the way I'm going to get trust is I need momentum. I need yeah. a victory. Yeah, yeah you do. Yeah. But but when you get a victory, is do you just keep running from one unsustainable victory to the next? Because every time you win, you're like, okay, where's this going to go? Well, now we need all this structure. We yeah. need all this, yeah. and it's like we can't just keep adding. You kill your team. Yeah, which goes back to they start losing trust. They start losing because like oh, here, like I'm pouring in this, this worked, and I'm now I'm developing this, but oh, what's coming next? We've won a lot of battles, but the war's over there. But, and, and, yeah, the, yeah, and, and the war's over here, and, and now we and, and now we have to keep sustaining all of yeah. this. We have we have all these. Don't 
don't make the mistake, you know, like the Germany did. Hitler's like, don't start a two front war when yeah. you can, don't have the resources for a two yeah. front war. Yeah. And, and I think leaders, we get overly excited all the time. Yeah. And, and a lot of people with vision and leadership, reason they lose trust is we lose interest in things really fast. Yeah. 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 That's how we're wired as leaders. Usually we, we like to yeah. chew bubble gum for the flavor and the sugar, mm -hmm. not to blow bubbles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the problem is bubble gum is designed, it has the sugar, but you're to blow good bubbles, you literally have to chew it till the flavor's gone because you have that granulated sugar in it. Yeah. It doesn't blow a good bubble till the sugar's gone. And I go, the problem is a lot of us visionaries- We spit the gum out. <laughs> we go, that, that, I've lost the taste. I go, yeah. we didn't blow the bubble yet. Yeah. And, 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 and so you don't stick around long enough. You don't stick to it and, and, and you just jump around. And I, that's one of the most practical things I've seen a lot of guys do yeah. is they try to do everything. Yeah. And especially a new a new startup a company, or even mm -hmm. a, a mm -hmm. but a church, especially you start up and and you do not have the resources, but you think to compete to get everyone. I got to do everything. Well, what, you can't do everything, and so you spread yourself thin. You burn out your your leader. You really burn out your volunteers, and then they don't trust you. And then you know what? And people don't trust your church and organization because everything you do is not done very well. Yeah. And, and, and Boy, so, that's so that's so good. Yeah. Uh, years ago, when I was helping to turn around an organization, I wrote two words on two index cards and just put them my off focus and urgency. I was like, man, we have to have a sense of urgency, but you can't have an urgency for everything. It has to be a focused urgency. And it's what you're yep. saying. I'm going to take that away from what we've talked yeah. about today, where, where what this, she said to you, we, we can do anything. We just can't, can't do, do everything. everything, man. That's so good. So, Bill, let's finish with yeah. this. Um, it's it's kind of ironic that I'm going to ask you to lie because this is no gray areas. Yeah. That's the name of the podcast. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, give us two truths and a lie. We do this with all our guests. Um, they've heard you speak in here for yeah. 30 minutes plus, and um, I know you pretty well. So yeah. hopefully I can figure this out. Two truths and a lie. Let, let me see if I can figure it out. This was our one because I know you knew and I've told lots of, and a lot of things I would try to do. Yeah wouldn't fool you because we've had such long conversations yeah, about yeah. the Cause you always try to find something that's, I wouldn't believe that, but yeah. you know, all of those. Yeah. So I just went with some jobs I've had. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you three jobs that I have. I got to pick which one. And then two of them I've had, one of them I didn't. Okay. Okay. So in, before I got into ministry many moons ago, I have been, um, a pool cleaner. Okay. I have been a security guard and I've been a PE teacher. Ooh. Oh, man. Okay, the security guard and PE teacher, right away, I'm going, that's got to be it. You know, like if, if, if they're watching, you have your, your coat on, you got some guns on you and yeah. everything. You, you, could, you could make a good security guard, PE teacher. So I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with those are the two truths. The lie is the pool. Man, you were good, dude. You, I got it? You got that so quick. I didn't even think of the way that you figured it out, yeah, too. It was yeah, like, yeah. I thought, grew up in Arizona. I obviously probably clean pools, but yeah. yeah. yeah no, you, you're you'd right. make a good bouncer, except that you're so nice and you're smiling yeah. all the time. You know, I just yeah, can't no. see you like scowling. I was but I, well, I didn't last long. Yeah. <laughs> I got a job as a security guy at night. It was a nighttime thing. So I was working these night shifts. Yeah. And it was just... Uh, like overnight? Yes. I would go in. Like I would sometimes it was... The early shift would be I went yeah. 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. Yeah. But a lot of times it was like. Like 11 a.m. to yeah, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Yeah, yeah, 11 yeah. to. Yeah, what, it was like these long shifts and it was it was brutal. By the way, there's another thing. Not only are we wearing matching coats yeah. today, there's another thing we have in common. So f for four years when I was going to Bible college, I was uh, a night shift security guard in Chicago. So oh, wow. We have another thing. Well, you lasted longer than me. I walked <laughs> off the shift and, and, and quit mid shift at one point. Yeah. 
Oh, they, they, it's brutal. They it? sent me to a horrible part of town in this 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 apartment company that was just yeah. It was scary, and it was supposed to be an armed post, but I wasn't old enough to be armed. Yeah. So I'm sitting in this post, and it has the 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 the, the, the post order. You know, when you do a yeah. security, like, here's what you need to do. You got to yeah. go check around and all this. And, and it said, "This is an armed." And someone, the manager guy, with a pencil, just drew a line through armed. <laughs> so you were. Unarmed and, in an armed yeah. guard post, yeah. And the uniform they gave me had a bullet hole in the pants <laughs> from that, whoever that had was, worn it before. That was a pretty clear and sign. And so when they started walk. sending me to these dangerous things and I walked out and I saw like crimes happening right away, right in there. And I saw a crime happening and everyone's like, it's the police. They looked, I go, oh, it's just the security guard. And they went right back to what they're doing. Yeah. I was like. The unarmed security guard. I go, with the bullet I, hole I'm going home. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't need this job. It yeah. wasn't. And then, the, you know, being nights just messed me up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that was that was fun. Well, Bill, thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Um, I learned a lot today. I know the audience learned a lot as well. So keep at it. Congratulations again for 20 years. The celebration you just had this last weekend. So. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having me. It's yep. fun to be here. And yep. I hope there was some helpful stuff for people out there. For sure. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the No Gray Areas podcast. To dive deeper into the story, be sure to subscribe, follow us on social media, and check out nograyareas.com.